Welcome to NetSmart Care Threads, a podcast where human services and post-acute leaders across the healthcare continuum come together to discuss industry trends, challenges, and opportunities. Listen as we uncover real stories about how to innovate and improve the quality of care for the communities we serve. Let's get into the show. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. I'm Carol Reynolds here at NetSmart, and I work with all of our state and county clients on a regular basis, trying to implement the strategies that drive better care and operational efficiencies. Today, we have a couple of experts from inside NetSmart to address some of the operational challenges that we know many of you are facing during this pandemic. And this time of year, many of you are focused on business strategies and trying to determine your 2021 and 2022 approach. Our hope is that our conversations today will give you some ideas to better help maximize or stretch your hard hit budgets. So before we get started though, I wanted to share some information with you from a report that was recently published. It was uh, written by NRI and done in association with the National Association of State Mental Health Program Directors. And it has some great stats on how some of COVID is impacting uh, the state organization. So uh, they did this report in October of last year. They released this, and uh, some of the stats from it are extremely interesting. They discuss how COVID-19 has exacerbated existing challenges in the state system's life. 68% of all state mental health agencies have experienced workforce shortages. 100% of state mental health agencies found the increased flexibility in telehealth rules extremely helpful and would like these flexibilities to be made permanent. Inpatient capacity declined. It did decline due to several outbreaks at the state hospitals, which necessitated halting admissions at some of those facilities. However, demand for inpatient services remained the same. Many of the inpatient facilities implemented a 14-day quarantine period, which was required for all admissions, and that uh, had to take extra space within the facility as well as slow down those admissions. For community providers, telephone encounters increased by 365% from January to June. Video conferencing encounters increased by 137%. And state telehealth claims for state average went from 1,500 per month to 4,500 per month. Half of all the claims in all the states were for mental health services. And one good stat to just end on is the result of the use of telehealth encounters, kept rates have gone up significantly from 60% pre-pandemic to 90% during the pandemic. And for me, I follow along on social determinants of health all of the time. For those that track on that, the primary obstacle pre-pandemic was transportation. That's gone away. Now the issue is broadband access and affordability. All of these technology components play into the remaining part of this conversation. So there's no doubt that providers across the country, that all of you are trying to look at things differently. The pandemic has forever changed how we all run our businesses. So let me introduce a couple of guests that we have with us today. 
Erica Gregory is VP of Revenue Cycle Operations here at NetSmart, and she's joined by Danielle Ross. Danielle is our virtual, one of our virtual CIOs who works with clients on a daily basis to help implement technology strategies that align with business objectives. And I know they have both been extremely busy during this pandemic. So I have a few questions I thought I would ask to get the conversation going. For both of you, Erica, and Danielle, what do you think is the biggest challenge for public sector agencies regarding operations at this moment in time? Gosh, Carol, this is a great question. Uh, this is Erica, and I think you really hit on it with some of the statistics that you shared. From the clients that I work with in public sector, one of the key themes that I've seen this year has absolutely been aligned with your statistic around resource shortages. So many clients that I work with today are looking for creative solutions to solving what many times is a shortage of talent or due to some budget constraints, a lack of a ability to fill open positions or backfill resources that have left the organization. This coupled with what the pandemic threw at us this year for a need for remote work. Many of our billing organizations and back offices uniquely have the, the capabilities to be remote, but so many of my clients weren't necessarily prepared for that right out of the gate. And so having resources stretched thin and maybe covering lots of additional areas and then having needing to take that work remote created a lot of challenges for clients. And I think while everybody's really stepped up to the plate and is, is finding creative solutions, I know looking for opportunities to bring in a partner to be able to help you bridge that gap has been important for our clients. I don't know, Danielle, do you see something similar? I do. I absolutely agree. The, the resource challenge has been there, and it was definitely magnified as a result of COVID hitting. And what it's done is created both the challenge, but also the opportunities for our public sector environment to look at what they see as their options for their resource structure. Erica, we work in the world where we help organizations and partner with them to solve those problems. And so one of the things that we've seen as a part of this kind of challenge is how do we leverage the resources that we have really well? How do we look at resource gaps that we need to fill? And should we do that through an internal strategy, maybe through getting some help? Or do we need to look at it really through a technology solution that'll bridge the gap across the board? And it's been an interesting conversation to have because resource challenges is something that's going to continue on, but resource solutions is something that's starting to become a part of the actual conversation now. And it's interesting. It's not a let's go hire more or let's magically find tons of people out there in the market. It's ironically, let's figure out how to best leverage our internal staff so that we can organize ourselves in a way that we're stable and that we can perform what we need to for our day-to-day. -day. Let's also make sure that we cover any resource gaps that we have, either through technology automation or through other services delivery that helps us round out our business operations. 
I think those are great points, especially on the resources, which you know, was a big part of the study that was released by NRI. It actually reminds me of something that NetSmart did internally, working with our clients. Uh, we created during this pandemic a new option called a no-contact scheduler. And I'm just talking about this because Scheduling people, uh, Gardner says that it takes about five minutes to schedule a clinical appointment for an individual. That would mean a scheduler could only schedule uh, about 95 uh, appointments in a day. And it's crazy busy right now. Transferring that time for scheduling over to the individual consumer is really a big offering to help people with that resourcing, that they're not investing so much in dozens of schedulers, but more on the clinician side. Based on the resources or lack thereof, what are some of the key strategies that you're seeing other public sector agencies and leaders implement to maximize budgets and really do more with less. I think, Carol, for me, this has been one of the most exciting pieces that I've seen in the public sector this year is the real interest in addressing some of those options for new strategies that haven't been looked at before. And I've seen a lot of clients get very excited about opportunities for automation. The billing process is something that historically for too long has taken too many manual touches to make sure that that everything goes out correctly. And I've really seen some of our public sector clients adopt automation opportunities with technology, whether it's taking advantage of some new technology in a clearinghouse or leveraging new reporting and analytics, things that they were using resources you know, sometimes hundreds of hours a month to be able to submit successfully or track successfully, they're now using automation tools to do. And so it really, when you look at the resource shortages, finding ways how we work smarter, not harder, is really becoming the conversation topic with our clients. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I'm seeing people across the board that are, you know, looking at it from a financial angle of what can we do to to leverage the advancements in technology to allow our billing to go out very streamlined and, and, and very in a corrected fashion that even what a human capability would have been doing. But they're also looking across the board of even in our service delivery models, what are we automating to allow our staff so that they can direct their attention towards client care? What are we automating that we traditionally had to have all of these staff hands having to do all of these different pieces, and now we really need them focused in different areas. And so what we're seeing across the, the scope of our public sector communities and organizations is that they are looking at the technology tool as a portion of their overall staffing and plan for how they're actually going to continue to run their business operations. Because as we talked about, with a, a struggle in getting the actual skilled resources there, then the option is, is hey, we have to be able to use the skilled resources we have. But to Erica's point, we got to work smarter, not harder. So we've got to use people that we can most effectively for the things that we need to be using them for. So if there's a technology solution that allows us to automate a process or streamline a process in such a way so that it frees up a service delivery staff or it frees up people on the billing and operations side, then that's the direction that folks are moving. And that's really the option that's available and should be the option that's available. Because Carol, I think one of the things that you were talking about there 
is really the influx of, of telehealth. And uh, I've made the, the statement repeatedly that, that telehealth now is, is operational. It's no longer special. It's a part of our service delivery model. It's a part of our billing model. It's a part of our strategy for how we're going to deliver services. And so it's just an example of where our technology advancements is actually hitting at our ability to provide services and make up for the fact that maybe we're struggling to resource all of these areas in the same way we have in the past. I think um, some great points about opportunities for automation and and even using electronic health record functionality that you already have and you already own, but you've just never really implemented to help fix areas that um, that really need the assistant. I know people like specifics. So Danielle and Erica, do you think that there's something that you could give a, a real live example of working with a client out there on and something that they were able to do successfully during this pandemic? Sure. So I, I'm actually working with a, a large uh, client in California, one of the counties that, that is there, and that's been one of their strategic items that kind of hit during 2020 is looking at all of the operational functions that they are doing and identifying areas of duplication areas where they have staff that are working across multiple systems that do not need to, areas where they have multiple staff doing the same identical things that are not necessary when they could centralize and use a technology solution to help facilitate a more efficient process for them. And so diving in and really looking and taking kind of the chunks of the service delivery from access and intake to actual service delivery to contractor service delivery, all the way through operations and billing and look at what they're doing, how they're doing it, what systems they're actually leveraging, and whether or not those systems are actually matched to what their business need is today, not what it was 15 years ago, and moving them forward to a sense to where every person that's a part of that organization understands very clearly what are things that they're supposed to be doing, how they're supposed to be doing it, and the things that they're letting the system handle for them so they're no longer keeping tons of separate paper and spreadsheets and all the other types of things that people have kind of been doing that takes away from their, their time. And then the other item is technology advancements, putting things in place that help people see real-time data so that they can actually see people that are in the queue waiting for services versus depending upon a large call tree or phone tree that's coming in through an automation through a computer program or through self-registration for services. And then, Carol, you hit on it earlier, and I said it before, the telehealth, setting up the infrastructure necessary to continue to maintain telehealth in such a way that it's becoming the norm of the service delivery and not just something that people are doing is, is extra. It's actually our go-to method for getting people connected to services and a qualified provider as quick as possible, therefore also impacting things like our wait list and other items that the uh, public sector has struggled with for some time and increasing your opportunity to actually bill faster because you're getting connected to those individuals and getting them engaged in services at a much faster pace than what we were before. Yeah, I think very similar to Danielle on the billing um, side of the house, our team has helped implement some automation tools with clients that have really paid off. Two come to mind for me, um, we work with a large county in California and then also one in Texas that they were able to implement these automation protocols with their submission of claims and their submission of eligibility. And so 
through this, not only were they able to reduce the staff that was doing this work manually before, but by leveraging technology and automation to do it, we're capturing all of that data as a byproduct of what it's submitting. And so what this gives us is a really powerful set of data analytics that helps us look at where are we having bottlenecks in our billing process? Where are we having avoidable errors that are decreasing our incoming funds? And so we can hone in and look systematically at where are these denials and rejections coming from? Where, where are we potentially leaving money on the table? And where do we have some potential coverage issues related to our consumers that um, we can address to help serve our population better, but also put the organization in a much better financial standing. What a great conversation and good reminders that impact all organizations financially, clinically, operationally. It isn't just in one layer. And the reminders of it's a great time to relook at the areas that maybe were even causing you issues pre-pandemic and just got magnified during this pandemic. So I really appreciate the conversation. Thank you, Erica and Danielle, for sharing your experiences with us and the things that other organizations throughout the country are doing to um, excel. At Absolutely. This Thank you, Carol, for including us and for all of our clients out there listening. We appreciate you and appreciate all you're doing through this. Your work that you're doing is so important to all of us. Absolutely. Thank you, Carol. At NetSmart, we understand the challenges facing provider organizations. Our team will help you navigate changing value-based care models with solutions and services that make person-centered care a reality. We'll equip you with technology and services that provide holistic, real-time views of care histories that inform better decision-making and better outcomes. Visit us today at ntst.com. NetSmart, serving you so you can serve others. Thanks for listening to the NetSmart Care Threads podcast. Through collaboration and conversation, we can work together to make healthcare more connected than ever before and better support the communities we serve. To ensure you never miss an episode, please subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you use Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to give us a quick rating for the show. Just tap the number of stars that you think the podcast deserves. Until next time.